All right. Uh, well, guys, believe it or not, um, we're coming to the end of this series, and I, I actually think we could go on and on with this because there's so many uh, issues when it comes to the area of prayer that we need to really understand and talk about. Um, but who knows, maybe in the month of May, I have a couple Sundays where I'm going to be preaching there, and maybe I'll bring up some more items to talk about. But that is a month away. I hardly know what I'm doing tomorrow, let alone a month away. So uh, we'll deal with that as May comes. But at least for now, the next two sermons, we're going to be wrapping it up. And I thought for these last two sermons, we're going to be focusing, we should focus on the act of listening, the listening part of prayer. Um, If we're considering prayer to be a dialogue with God, then there are two sides to the dialogue. Okay, our speaking to God, and then as well as our listening to God. And listening, really, in my opinion, is one of the hardest parts about prayer. And in my opinion, it's also the, the part that we least do. And uh, we, we just aren't good listeners when it comes to prayer. I mean, to be honest with you, we're just not good listeners, period. I mean, uh, humanity as a whole are not good listeners, just even in our human relationships, uh, we like to be the ones talking. We like the ones to be the ones being heard. No one, not many people are listeners, and that's just, that's just true. I mean, think about it. Uh, the, the mark of a good friend is someone who is a good what? Listener, exactly. We don't say, ah, oh, that Betty, she is an amazing friend. I mean, she's such a great friend of mine. Whenever I have a problem, I go to her because she is a great talker. I mean, man, can she talk. What a gift. No, we don't say that. We say that Betty is an amazing friend because she listens. And when I have a problem, I come to her and she listens. And it's just nice to have someone to be able to talk to. Um, But there are very few people like that in our world, people who are good listeners. And so we really need to train ourselves how to listen. And, you know, in talking about listening, I want to kind of differentiate between the word hearing and the word listening, because I think there's, there's two different things with that, um, hearing God or listening to God. And there's a difference between those two words, hearing and listening. Let me explain. Hearing, not, th- not sure if you've thought about this before, but hearing is something that just happens. It literally just happens without us. Now notice what just happened there? That just happened. You guys did not choose that. You did not make a conscious choice to try to hear that. You just heard it. I'm sorry you had to hear the first part. The second part wasn't too bad. I didn't mind the the bear part. But that's hearing, okay? Uh, You didn't make a choice to hear that. You just did. We hear a a noise or a sound, and we respond to that. Now, listening is a completely different thing. Listening is something we choose, We choose to listen, and listening requires a focused attention. Like, for instance, um, what I want you to do right now is I want you to take some time to just listen, to intently listen. And I want this room to be dead quiet. Um, I don't want you to be paying attention to the sound of the fans and the the heater or whatever. I want you to listen intently, and I'm going to have a a sound that's going to start. When you start hearing the sound, raise your hand high and tall, and I'm going to wait till the entire room, all the hands are lifted. So just lift your hand when you start to hear the sound, but listen intently. Okay, go.
There we go. All right. Now, how many guys are sitting there like, I don't hear anything. What are those hands going up for? Yeah. Matt still hasn't heard anything. He's still waiting. <laughs> all the young ears, all the little young kids are like, right? Immediately they heard it. All of us old people are like, what? I don't get this. But yeah. But what you guys were doing is you were listening intently. You were focused. You were leaning in. And when somebody raised their hand, you were like, you know, I, I really trying to hear this. And that's what listening is. Um, a lot of times during a sermon, I will tell you, guys, I really need you to listen here. Okay? And what I'm asking is I want you to lean in on this. Because, you see, in listening, um, you center not only your ears, but also your mind and, and your heart and, and your will. Literally, the posture of your body. You're centering it on someone or something other than yourself. Listening requires engagement, okay? You make a choice to listen. It just won't happen. And guys, if we're going to hear from God, then we're going to have to choose to listen, okay? Now, here's an important uh, component to listening that I think is good for all of us to know. When we listen, what we're doing is we're taking the focus off of ourselves and placing it onto something or someone else. When we're talking, we're doing just the opposite. We're drawing all the attention onto ourselves. It's like we want people to hear us. When, when we talk, it's, it's about me. Okay, I'm wanting to be the center of attention. Like when I'm up here preaching a sermon, I'm trying to get all of you guys to listen to what I'm having to say. You guys, you're placing all your attention onto me. It's coming off of you and been placed on me. Now, that's what we do when we listen. Okay, we're putting our attention on someone else. And you see, that's where I think we've had the issue when it comes to prayer. Because prayer has been more about us, what? Talking, and, and all the attention is on us, and less about us, what? Listening to God. And when we do all the talking and everything is centered on us, we're, just, we're basically saying, God, you just need to listen to me. You just need to focus on, on me. And, and no wonder our prayers have been dead. Because our prayers have simply just been monologues. One-way conversations. We haven't mastered the art of listening, of intently focusing our mind and our heart and our will on listening to God's still, small voice. And guys, here's the danger with that. If we don't ever learn how to listen to God, we may live our whole lives and rarely hear God speak to us. And that's a scary thing. Because here's the deal. God rarely shouts. He rarely honks his horn and tries to grab our attention. Now, sometimes he does, but he rarely is like, hey, listen to me, come on now, pay attention. He rarely does. It, it, sometimes he does, but it's not the norm. He usually stands beside us quietly waiting for us to listen. So we had better learn how to listen. We had better learn how to engage with our heart and, and our mind and our will to listen to God so that we can hear Him. Prayer is a dialogue. Yes, we do speak by faith to our unseen God, but there's also, we need to be listening by faith to our unseen God, or we're going to miss what He has to say to us. And that's what I'd like for us to talk about this week and next week. And so first of all, this week, I thought what we do is we take some time to address some ways that God speaks to us. 
And by the way, there's no way we can cover all the th- ways that God speaks to us. He can use so many. But I'm just going to touch on some main ones. And in doing so, maybe expose some faulty habits that we may have developed in trying to listen to God in those certain avenues. And then next week, we're going to try to fit it into one sermon, learning how to listen, how to listen to God's voice. But first, let's talk about the different avenues by which God does speak to us. And, and to start out with, let's look at nature. One way God uses to speak to us is through nature, through his creation. Um, and, you know, I don't know if you're like this, but you ever have times where you get out in nature and amongst the trees and mountains and whatnot, and you just really feel and sense the presence of God, and you can just really, you know he's there. I mean, you, for instance, when you, you see a mountain, you, you look at that mountain, you see the grandeur and the, the majesty of it, and you can't help but think of God, just the strength of God, the power of God, the majesty of God. Or when you look at a flower and you see the exquisite detail in a flower, the beauty of a flower, you can't help but just like, man, God, that's incredible. You are a God of details. You are a God who, who really focuses on beauty even in little things. Or when you look at space and, and the stars in space, day or night, you look at the sky. I mean, you see the infiniteness of the universe and, and see how big God is and uh, omnipotent he is and, and how powerful. I mean, you just look at creation and it screams the incredible wisdom of God. That our God could speak this into existence is just amazing. But the, the heavens declare that. Look, in Psalms 19, it says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. There's no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth and their words to the end of the world. There's nowhere on this planet that does not hear these words or these, where the skies aren't proclaiming these words of the glory of God. So yes, God can speak to us through his creation. When I was up on the mountain in Arizona, I told you guys that God used butterflies to speak to me. He would constantly, I'd see a butterfly and say, Luke, remember, I'm with you. I'm with you. He used these three mountains that were the same size. So every time I'd look up to him, he'd use those mountains to speak to me, saying, Luke, I'm with you. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we're here with you. When I was on the top of the mountain peak and I saw that, you know, burn up tree, God used that to speak to me. So God can do that using his creation to speak to us. But guys, where we make the mistake And mankind has done this for a long time. What we can find ourselves doing is we start to worship the creation rather than the creator. In Romans, Paul talks about this. He goes, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Now, guys, it's one thing to allow God to speak to us through his creation, but it's a whole nother thing to allow creation to take the place of God. We can't do that. Be careful we never do that. That's a wicked thing to do. The creation was never meant to be worshipped. Only God is. Okay, here's another way God can speak to us. God can speak to us using other people. How many of you guys have had people in your lives, godly people, that God has used to speak to you? Okay, yeah, most all of us have. Um, where God uses them to literally be the mouthpiece by which he speaks to you. I I share this story a lot, but I remember when I became a pastor, um, I went, a youth pastor, I went to Timberlea for a winter extreme, and 
the guy began to speak, and God used that speaker who I didn't know to speak directly to me. And guys, this is one of those instances where God had to shout, okay? He was honking his horn. He was shouting at me through this speaker. But man, I suddenly heard him. So God used another person to speak to me. Um, Godly parents are a great, great way that God will use to speak to you. Now, kids, I want to speak to you, young, young kids, especially the teenage years. I want to speak to you. It's very hard for teenagers to listen to the truth that their parents have to give them. It's like, ah, oh, dad, you're, yeah, yeah, mom, yeah, 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 talking to me all the time. You're always like, it's because your dad or mom. No, listen, God has put them in your life to communicate the truths of God to you. Listen to them. Listen to your father. Listen to your mother. They're not as stupid as you may think. Okay? And God has put them in your life. Be thankful for that. God can use godly friends as an incredible avenue to speak directly to us. Jake Andrus, the youth pastor here at Whitestone, he's a great friend of mine. And when the Spirit um, kind of urges him, he will send me a text and say, Hey, Luke, I just want to encourage you, serve your family tonight. And when I get those texts, it's like God is saying, Luke, I want you to serve your family. God uses a friend of mine to speak directly to me. Pastors are another way God uses to, to speak God's truth to others, and hopefully that's happening today. Every Sunday, I try to be a conduit by which God can speak through me to other people. I mean, we read in Scripture, there's many instances of, of Peter, Paul, Timothy, on and on it goes, of, of people that God used to spread his word to other people of all nations. So I think it's pretty obvious for us to see that God can use people to speak to us about whatever he wants to hear at a given time. That is a given. But as with all things, there, there does come a danger with that. And the danger is, is that we tend to give the voice of certain physical people that we can see and touch more authority in our lives than the voice of God. And, and I think what we do, we make a mistake, is that certain people have titles. And we think that because of that title, somehow that makes them closer to the voice of God. Like if you're a, a pastor or a priest or a bishop, or a cardinal. I mean, you must be speaking the words of God then. And I know that seems silly, but let me tell you, some people think that. And any word that gets uttered, they're just like, well, that must be God. Crazy thing, I remember uh, there was this young couple that they were dating. And uh, I came up to him one time and I says, man, you guys look really cute together. And they're like, A pastor, he just told us we look cute together. And I talked to the guy later. He was just like, dude, we really took that as as God was telling us that we're meant to be married. And I was like, whoa, 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 dude. I'm just saying you look cute together. I mean, she looks cute. She makes you look cute. But you don't look look cute. I mean, don't think that God spoke through that. But some people can do that. And so that's really cautions us. As a pastor, you have to be careful what you say, that you are speaking on behalf of God. It's just a scary thing. But some people do that. We must be careful that we don't allow people's words to overshadow or become more important than what God is trying to tell us. Amen? Now, here's another way God speaks to us, and this is a big one. It's His Word, okay? The, the Bible. Um, and this, 
is a very obvious way, but believe it or not, a lot of people don't think it's that obvious, but the Bible is the main way that we can learn the heart of God. Um, this book, we believe to be, to be God-breathed, to be the inerrant word of God. Okay, we believe that, that it's God-inspired. And this book chronicles God working with men throughout the ages on this earth. And by reading the Word of God, by reading the Bible, we're able to see how God acts with His people and what God says is right and, and what God says is wrong. We see the heart of God by what we read in Scripture. And because of that, Scripture is able to teach us and, and train us and exhort us and rebuke us, which in turn prepares us for the work God has for us. In 2 Timothy, it says, all Scripture is God-breathed. Let me ask you, how much Scripture? All, all Scripture is God-breathed. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God or the woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, if all Scripture is God-breathed, then we can know that it's the heart of God that is being portrayed in the words that we're reading. So let me try to explain that if I can. Let's say that there's someone in my life who I'm being asked to love. I know God wants me to love this person, but man, he's, just, he's not easy to love. Okay, and I don't really even know what that looks like. So, I'm like, God, there's this guy in my life who I need to love. I don't know what love looks like. And so what I do is I open up the scriptures to 1 Corinthians 13. And this is what it says. It goes, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. Is not easily angered. Listen to this. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love doesn't delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. And it always perseveres. You may kiss your bride. Sounds like we're at a wedding. <laughs> By reading that passage, knowing that all scriptures God breathe, I can know the heart of God, and I can know what love looks like specifically, and I can know that God is using his written word, the Bible, to speak to me, telling me this is how I'm supposed to love that individual in my life. Guys, listen to me. God's word is a very important foundation that we can rely on to allow God to speak to us. Amen? But as I've mentioned with others... There are some wrong ways to go about it. Some of us have tried to use the Bible kind of like a Ouija board. And here's what I mean, and, and I know this sounds crazy, but believe it or not, a lot of Christians have done this. I've heard many people do this before. In fact, when I was a kid, I used to do this. But I tell you, it's not how God is meant to speak to us through the Word of God. But here's what we do. Let's say, let's say that I'm sick and tired of my old house, and I want to buy a brand new house, but I want to ask God first. So I'm like, God, should I get rid of my old house and buy a brand new house? What should I do? Well, I heard that I need to go to the Word of God. So what we do is we sit down, we have the Bible, and because we don't know the Bible that well, what we do is, is something that's kind of like, you know, it's, it's crazy, but we'll go... 
God, just please direct me in how I do this. And we open the scriptures, and it's like, Lord, just please direct my finger how to do this. And we land on it, and we go, okay, should I buy a brand new house? But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no. But in him, it has always been yes. I think I'm supposed to buy the house. It's, it's always been yes. Yes, Luke. That's what we've done with Scripture. And I know that seems crazy, but guys, many Christians have done that and do that and claim that God speaks to them through the Bible. I actually even had a pastor tell me that that's how he became a pastor. He's like, God, should I become a pastor or not? And that's, some verse said yes, I don't know, and he did it. Now, let me ask you, can God do that? Sure. God can do whatever he wants. But will God do that? Well, I don't think it's going to be his primary way of talking to his children, no, because I think that goes against everything God desires of having a relationship with us. So don't use the Bible like a Ouija board. It's not meant to be used like that. The Bible is God's revelation of himself to us. We see the heart of God within its pages. And let me tell you something, guys. It's meant to be read. It's meant to be studied. It's meant to be engaged with regularly so that we can know in many situations what God would want us to do. Amen? So the Bible is most definitely something that God uses to speak to us. And guys, like I said, I could go on and on with a long time about all the sorts of different avenues that God speaks to us, but I don't have time. Basically, what I want you to see is that God can and will use anything he wishes to speak to you. He can use a book. He can use a movie. He, he can use a circumstance. He can even use an animal. In the Old Testament, he used a donkey to speak to someone to communicate truth to someone. But here's the main point I want you to get. God can use whatever he wants to speak to us. But guys, listen, listen to this. It's his voice that we must learn to listen to. You see, it's the voice of God we need to be listened to because it's his voice that's going to transform our life. Now, we can be in nature and reading the Bible and listen to godly people, but if we're not listening to his voice, we're not going to hear it. And it's his voice that our spirit feeds on and lives on and draws sustenance from. It is his voice that spoke creation into existence. It is his voice that calls forth the dead out of the tombs and they walk again. It's his voice that brings life into this dead world. In Matthew it says, man does not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Guys, it's not just physical words that we, or physical bread that we live on. No, we live on the very words of God himself. We must learn to listen to his voice. Now, I say that because I just mentioned a bunch of different ways that God can use to speak to us, but the point is, 
I, I want to say is that unless we're listening, which, by the way, listening, it requires a choice from us. It requires an engagement. It requires not only your ears, but also your mind and heart and literally the posture of your body to focus on someone else other than yourself. And unless we're listening intently to the voice of God, we will most of the time certainly miss the voice of God. We won't hear him. Now, can God use all these different things in our life to speak to us? Sure he can. But if we're not listening, we won't hear the voice of God even if we're in the middle of the most beautiful places of nature ever on this earth. Even when, if the most godly person in the world were speaking to us, if we're not listening to the voice of God, we won't hear his voice. Even if we're reading scripture, the Bible, if we're not listening to the voice of God, we're going to miss hearing. You think that's crazy? Think of the Pharisees. The Pharisees, Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, he says, you know what, you guys study the scriptures inside and out. You know the scriptures inside and out. And yet, the very one that the scriptures are speaking about, me, is standing here in front of you, and you don't recognize me. You see, because they weren't listening to the voice of God. Now, of course, God could shout through all the noise in our life, and sometimes he does. Sometimes that's the only time we hear him is when he shouts through the noise. And guys, sometimes it is appropriate to shout in relationships. But I don't think a relationship is meant to be shouting all the time. I don't think that a, a relationship, there's just shouting is the main way of communicating. I'm not going to be up here and go, hey, Tammy, what are you doing? Hey, do you want to go bowling next week? Let's do it. You and me. I got to open my calendar and I have it. Hey, how you doing? All right. See you later, Tammy. <laughs> oh, Tammy would say, Phew. I don't want to be friends with that dude. So no, God isn't going to keep shouting at us. No, we need to become people who listen. People who dialogue with him and in that dialogue truly listen at all times. Remember, guys, God is with us how much of the time? All of the time. And if God is with us all of the time, we can dialogue with him all of the time. And therefore, we must be listening all of the time. And you know what, guys? The crazy thing is, is I think we've, we've trained ourselves to do just the opposite. Especially in this day and age. We really have. We have so much information at our fingertips that it just seems like almost we don't need God anymore. We just don't need him. For instance, here's a good example, and I think this could work in every circumstance, but here's an example. I don't know if you pay attention to this, but have you ever noticed that when we're reading the Bible, how we tend to run to every other source of information rather than to God himself? You ever notice that? We're, we have the very source of Scripture right there with us. The author of, of the Scripture himself right here with us, and we don't take time to listen to him. We run to gotquestions.org, or we run to commentaries, or Google, or Siri, or whatever. We, we ask all the other sources, and we've trained ourselves not to listen. In fact, in a way, we've gotten ourselves to believe that we don't even need to listen. Because we have every other source of information available to us. Now, guys, can you think of anything more stupid than that? I mean, where we purposely choose to miss out on hearing from God? 
It's a little bit like this. Let's say, let's say that I wanted to become a barefoot skier. Don't laugh. Let's say that I really wanted to be a barefoot skier. And I was like, man, this is just a dream of mine. That's awesome. Well, guess what? I'm not sure if you guys knew this or not. But we have right here in Whitestone Community Church a two-time world champion barefoot skier. Put your hands together for Mr. Mike Seipel, everyone. Mike, come on up here. Guys, let me tell you something. If there is anyone who can teach me all there is to know about barefoot skiing, it is this man right here. He is going to be able to answer all the questions. This is Mike Seipel. He is a two-time world champion barefoot skier. Some of you guys know Mike. Why don't you come over and sit down? I just got some questions I want to know about barefoot skiing. All righty. Well, uh, I guess the one thing I want to know, I mean, I'm a 300-pound man, and I want to be able to learn how to barefoot ski safely where I, I don't get hurt. So I'm actually going to YouTube that. It actually says here that I need to put a boom. If I want to barefoot safely, I need to get a boom on my boat. What in the world's a boom on my boat? Well, I'm going to Google that. Oh, a boom is like a thing that sticks off the side of a boat and you hang on to it. And Yeah, but I wonder if it's going to fit my boat. I got kind of an old boat. You know what? I got a boat specification here. I can do, I can check out here. This little boat commentary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can do it. Awesome. It, I mean, there'll be some modifications and stuff, but I'll be able to do that. Cool. That's awesome. Man, I wonder if it, does it hurt? Does it hurt to barefoot ski? I wonder if that's a, wonder if the, I'm going to Google that. Doesn't really say there. How fast, I wonder how fast I'd need to go to even barefoot ski. 300 pound man, 190, I mean, what would that be? Um, hey, Siri. How fast do I need to be going to be able to barefoot ski? I found something on the web about how fast you need to be going to be able to barefoot ski. Okay. Check it out. All right. It's the first service that actually answered correctly. <laughs> I want to stop here for just a second. What have I failed to do? To ask Mike. Here is a two-time world champion barefoot skier. And what have I done? I've turned to every other source but him. I was basically doing a monologue right there. I was doing all the talking, not doing any listening, and I chose every other source of information for Barefoot instead of Mike. And in doing so, I missed out on talking and dialoguing and listening to a world champion who could really truly answer every single one of my questions. But you know what? Unfortunately... That's what we do with God almost every day of our life. Isn't that crazy? Do you see how foolish we're being? Everybody give it up for Mr. Mike Seipel. Most of you guys are really disappointed right now. 
<laughs> you were really hoping to hear from him. I don't want to hear from you, Luke. Let's listen to this guy. Well, talk to him after the service. Uh, don't Google it. Ask Mike because he's got the question for you. <clears throat> Actually, he's been here all morning. He may want to split. I don't know. <clears throat> it's funny because when I asked Mike to do this, uh, I said, Mike, would you be willing to just do it as long as I don't have to say anything? <laughs> Mike, well, this works perfect, man. This works perfect. <laughs> all right. Now, guys, listen. Here's the deal. Mike could have shouted through the noise. He could have shouted at me and said, Luke, I know the answer. Here it is. But he didn't. He just sat there nicely and politely with a smile on his face, simply waiting for me to dialogue with him and listen to him. And you know what? I think that's what God does with us. He's waiting for us to simply dialogue and listen to him. But we don't. We run to every other source for answers, and we miss out on hearing from him. Guys, what a foolish way to live. We must learn to listen, which means, guys, we're going to have to train for it because we're bent this way. We're going to have to train for it. It's going to take effort on our part. And you know what, guys? The main effort it's going to take is really getting ourselves to just shut up, to stop talking so much. We don't even listen to the people in our lives, let alone God. And so we need to learn to be quiet. And we also need to stop running to every other source but God. We need to learn to turn to Him first in everything. You know, in my discipleship classes, I will have them read different you know, books of the Bible. And a lot of times what we do, a lot of us have Bibles that have the verses up here and the commentaries down here. And when they come across the question, what is our natural instinct to do? Go right to the commentary. And I tell my discipleship classes, I'm like, guys, as hard as it might be, I want you to train to not run, run to your commentary. I want you to stop and ask the Spirit of God, what are you trying to tell me here? What, what's the answer to this? And really try to listen. Stop running to every other source. We got to learn to turn to God first in everything. Remember, guys, that's what I, I talked about a couple weeks ago, is that's how we're going to know that we're living a life of faith, is when in every circumstance, the first place we turn to is God himself. Every circumstance. God, what do you think about this? God, what do I do here? God, you know, show me what I need to know here. He's the first place. And I think our lives, guys, will be transformed beyond recognition if we start learning to do just these two things. Turning to Him first in all things and listening to Him in all things. Then when we walk through nature, God can use it to speak volumes to us because we're listening to the voice of God. Then godly people can speak to us and He can speak volumes to us through those godly people because we're listening to the voice of God. We can read Scripture, and God can use Scripture to speak volumes to us because we're listening to the voice of God. And so let's train to do that. Let's listen to the voice of God. Amen? Here's your homework this week. And I know homework's a little weird this week, but I want you to really try it. The first thing I want you to try is I want you to take one hour this week, or more if you want to try it, but one hour, at least one hour, where you are completely silent where you're not talking. And don't be like, well, I'll just watch one TV show there. That'll be easy. No, I want you to turn 
music off, turn TV off, don't, you know, this can be at work or at home, wherever you're at. And I don't want you to be speaking at all. Now, if somebody directly asks you a question, don't be rude, don't lose your job over this, uh, answer the question. But for the most part, what I want you to do is to not talk. I want you just to listen. Pay attention to your surroundings, okay? Really listen to what's going on around you. And then that night, I want you to journal how it felt. Journal about how difficult it was. Did you find it hard? Was it easy? Where where was it at? And then I want you to journal how more aware you were of everyone and everything going on around you, okay? Second thing I want you to do is I want you to take John chapter 11. I want you to read through the entire chapter of John chapter 11, and I want you to do it with Jesus, dialoguing with Jesus all the way. Now, if it helps, set up another chair with you to set up some physical prompts to remind you that God is with you. Because if you're like me, you get 30 seconds into it and forget that he's with you and you're just reading the Bible. Set up some things to remind you that Jesus is with you and all the way through it, dialogue with Jesus in this chapter. Okay? If you have any questions, ask him. Don't run to Siri or Google or commentaries or whatever. Ask Jesus. Only ask him and listen intently with your mind and your heart and your will, with your body, posture, just listening intently and journal what he shows you. Okay, are we willing to try this? All right, guys, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for all the people in this room. Um, God, we're, we have so much to learn, and we're just so thankful that you're our rabbi, you're our teacher, and so I pray that we might listen to you as you train us and that we might do what you tell us to do. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Guys, love you so very, very much. Have an awesome week. We're going to be having a child dedication in just a few minutes right here in the sanctuary. So in the next 15 minutes, if you want to clear out or if you want to stay and be part of that, that'd be awesome. All right.